Good evening, Bridge. Come on, let's stand up together. So glad to see you. Merry Christmas. Come on, put your hands together with us. So glad you're here with us. We come tonight to lift up the name of Jesus. Let's sing some of these songs together. Water you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. We sing, our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you, none like you. We sing, our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, we sing, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? Oh, come us Then what can stand And if our God is with us, then 
fall to our knees. Lord, we adore you. With angels above, we bow down before you. The light of your love shines bright on this holy night. Your love shines bright on this holy night. We fall to our knees, Lord, we adore you. angels above, we bow down before you. The light of your love shines bright on this holy night. Your love shines bright on this holy night. Oh, you shine so bright on this holy pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift that you are. We thank you for what your birth in Bethlehem and that manger means to all of us. For the promise of eternal life and your presence in our life if we receive you into our hearts and begin this journey with you. And Lord, for those that are here tonight that have already begun that journey with you, Lord Jesus, they've accepted you, they've received your forgiveness, we are thankful. And for those that are here tonight, maybe who never have, maybe they're here this evening because they were invited or they're guests from out of town, tonight is their night. They receive the greatest gift they could ever receive this Christmas and that is the gift of Jesus God we thank you we thank you for that holy night when you came to this earth we thank you that you are a risen king that you are the only true and living God and we worship and we celebrate you in this place tonight in Jesus name amen can we give God an offering of praise as we celebrate Him and His birth. Welcome to the Christmas Eve service. Let's continue in worship as we make Jesus the center of everything that we do here tonight and the whole Christmas season. God bless you. Love incarnate, love divine Star
the Savior of humanity. Unto us a child is born, he shall reign Father, we just say thank you for the greatest and most amazing story that's ever been told of how our sin separated us from you. 
no matter how many good things that we've done, no matter how many acts of service, no matter how many people we've helped, our works and our good deeds cannot bring us close to you as only your son, Jesus. And so the greatest story that you sent him to die in our place so that we might have eternal life. Tonight we just say thank you. And we honor him. We celebrate his birth tonight. It's not about the presents and the festivities. It's not about the lights or the good food. It's only about your son, Jesus. We pray tonight, God, that you might draw our hearts closer to you. That this would be the best Christmas that we've ever had. We pray that people tonight leave in a better understanding of who you are and their, the call that you have on their life, what you want out of them, but more importantly, the gospel message, what the good news is and what that means for us. And so we just pray that everything that we do tonight might bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her. God has chosen to bless you. You will become pregnant. You will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary asked the angel, How can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. While Mary was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child inside of her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. He will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. This prophecy is from Isaiah 7:14. It was uttered 700 years before Jesus was born. Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born. 
At that same time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their hometowns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem of Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his wife, who was great with child. While they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and she laid him in a manger. That night there were shepherds in the fields, outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news of great joy to everyone. A Savior, yea, the Messiah. The Lord has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host from heaven, the armies of heaven, praising God saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. The angels left. And the shepherds said to each other, Come, let us go to Bethlehem and see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they ran to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child, and all who heard their story were astonished. But Mary kept these things in her heart, and the shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of King Herod. At the same time came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star that arose, and we've come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by the question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. Where do the prophets say Messiah will be born, he demanded. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judea, you are not just a lowly village of Judah, for a ruler will come to you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. This prophecy is found in Micah 5 and verse 2 and 2 Samuel 5 and verse 2. Both were written 700 years before Jesus was born. So Herod sent a message to the wise men asking them to come and see him. At this meeting, he learned the exact time of when they had first seen the star. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search diligently for the child, and when you find him, come and tell me that I may go and worship him too. After this meeting, the wise men went on their way, and once again the star appeared to them to guide them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. 
When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother were, and they fell down and they worshiped him. They opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Though when it was time to leave, they went another way because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod will try and kill the child. That very night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death, fulfilling what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, out of Egypt have I called my son. Herod was furious. When he learned that the wise men had outwitted him, he sent soldiers to kill all the baby boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under because the wise men had told him that the star first appeared to them about two years before. Then, later, when Herod died, God's angel appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, take the child and his mother, and return to Israel. All those who wish to murder the child are now dead. So Joseph obeyed. He arose and he took the child and his mother and he re-entered Israel. When he, when he heard, though, that Herod's son had taken over as king in Judea, he was afraid to go there. But then, Joseph was directed in a dream to go to the hills of Galilee. On arriving, he settled in the village of Nazareth, fulfilling the words of the prophet, he shall be called a Nazarene. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this is the story of Christmas. Can we raise a hand clap of praise to our God? Pastor Jim, how about that? Pastor Jim giving us that word. We love him. He is our, he does whatever we ask him to do around here. His official title is Leadership Development Pastor, but he is now uh, the um, pastor at the Goldsboro campus beginning this coming weekend. Pastor Jeremy is going to Raleigh to serve at a church in that area. And so Pastor Jim is gonna step up at the Goldsboro campus. So uh, that's gonna be some good word coming down over at Goldsboro. And uh, let's give it up for Pastor Jim one more time. Yeah. So we didn't know who we were gonna to get to do that oratory part right there. And they said, well, Pastor Farrell is the most like God. And Pastor Jim sounds the most like God. So we go with him on that. So good to see everybody. Thank y'all so much for coming to the Christmas Eve service here at the bridge. And uh, we are just honored and delighted that you're here. A lot of guests and uh, a lot of friends and family coming in to visit. And we're just so glad you guys took the time out to be with us 
on this awesome Christmas Eve and this beautiful, beautiful service. You can tell that the kids are in the house, amen? And look, let me tell you something. That's, Christmas is all about the kids, isn't that right? I love that, man. That's, what, that's when Christmas was fun. When my kids grew up, I was ready to give them to somebody else. I, I just love it when the kids are little and they're excited about Christmas. But I want uh, all of our kids here. Hey, kids, wave at me. All you little kids out there, wave at me. Yeah, man, let's give it up for our bridge kids and our kids who are guests of our church. They've been studying generosity And uh, our kids' pastor, our children's pastor, is Jenny Ross. And Jenny's doing a great job, came to us recently to serve in this role so Pastor Andrew could go and uh, pastor the Mount Olive campus. And by the way, I just got a message from the Mount Olive campus that they were filled up today for their service. So amen, yeah. But Jenny Ross is doing such a great job with our kids, and boy, we're all about the kids here at the bridge, and, and um, they've been studying generosity. She said, Pastor, here's what we're telling them about generosity. We want them to believe that generosity is giving more than is required. And I like that, don't you? That's a good definition. Generosity is giving more than is required. And, and I just love that. She wants our kids to possess the heart of Jesus. And that really dovetails and fits in beautifully with the message I want to share with you very, very quickly today. I want to talk to you about the greatest gift. There was a man in the New Testament in the book of John chapter 3. It's where we first meet him, and his name is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a member of the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin was the Jewish court system of that day, the supreme religious body. When we meet Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he is a Pharisee. In John uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 20, he appears, when we first meet him, very hesitant. He seems to be a very hesitant, a very almost fearful, but at the same time, very determined seeker of the truth. He wanted to know the truth. He's convicted in his heart and convinced in his heart that Jesus is from God. He's not ready to call himself a Christian yet. He's not ready to call himself a disciple of Jesus yet. He's not ready to tell everybody he's a follower, a follower of Jesus yet, but he is very, very curious about Jesus. As a matter of fact, he's so curious about Jesus, he wants to learn what Jesus is teaching. He wants to learn about the doctrine of regeneration and the doctrine of atonement. And later on in the scripture, it becomes very obvious that Nicodemus has had a personal experience with Jesus Christ. And he has surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. He has now become a disciple of Jesus. In John chapter 7, the Bible tells us that he is carefully defending Jesus before the Sanhedrin. At the end of the story of Jesus' life on the earth, we find Nicodemus attending the event, that horrible event of the crucifixion of Jesus, affirming himself as a believer, a follower of the Lord. And it was Nicodemus who, along with Joseph of Arimathea, and you remember that Joseph of Arimathea loaned the tomb where Jesus was born, or where Jesus was buried. 
and you say, you're telling me, Pastor, that Jesus was buried in a borrowed tomb? Yes. When you're only going to use it on the weekend, why buy one? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so Joseph, or, or yeah, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they are the ones who paid the last duties to the body of Christ. They're the ones who took Jesus down off the cross. They're the ones who embalmed Jesus and laid him in the sepulcher, John chapter 19. But I want us to go back to John 3. Because it is in John 3 that we find the seeking Nicodemus. And you know what I believe? I believe there are people right here, right now in this service, who are really seekers. You haven't really decided to follow Jesus, but you know that your plan just didn't really work in that well. And you're wondering, you're questioning, does Jesus love me? Does he care about me? I mean, maybe you did something recently that you're ashamed of that would make you hold your head down and, and you're like, does Jesus still, would he still love me? Would he still care about me? And what did Jesus mean when he said that? And what did he mean when he said that in the Bible? Maybe you've got a lot of questions. Well, that's a wonderful thing. That's a great thing because every one of us were there those of us who are now followers of Jesus, we were in that stage of life where we were questioning who he was. And that's what got us to where we are today, where we have a personal relationship with him. And Nicodemus and Jesus, under the cover of darkness, because Nicodemus didn't really want to be caught talking to Jesus in detail and asking Jesus questions. So the Bible says Nicodemus came to him by night and said, hey, can we meet like three o'clock in the morning so nobody will see me meeting with you? And they had a conversation, and I think maybe it went something like this. Maybe Nicodemus said, teacher, some of us have been talking, and we believe that you are a teacher who has come from God. I mean, to us, it's obvious the signs you're doing are proof that God is with you. What we want to know, sir, is how do we find eternal life? How do we receive eternal life? Jesus says back to him, I tell you the truth. Nicodemus, only someone who experiences a second birth, only someone who experiences a spiritual birth, only someone who is born again gets to go to heaven, gets to spend eternity in the kingdom of God with God. And Nicodemus comes back with something like, hey, but I'm a grown man. How in the world can I be born again when I'm an old man like me? I can't do that. I can't get back into the womb and be born the second time. This doesn't make sense. It's impossible. And Jesus says, Nicodemus, even you, an educated, and he was a very educated man, and a respected man among your people, even you, sir, must be born of the Spirit if you want to inherit the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, basically, I still don't get it. How can this be? And that's when Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I mean, that verse... I mean, that's the key, isn't it? That's the key verse to the Bible. And the scripture goes on to tell us that he taught and he gave Nicodemus 
further information. Here's the point. I just really believe there are people here who are curious about Jesus. You haven't decided to follow him yet, but you're like Nicodemus. You've got some questions. Maybe some Christians have done some things you don't get, you don't understand. and Maybe you've seen some hypocrisy in the church. Really? Hypocrisy in the church? Who ever heard of that? Of course, we know what that is. Sometimes I'm a hypocrite. Sometimes I don't live what I say. Y'all look so holy. I'm just looking out there. and y'all, y'all got little halos over your head. But sometimes I'm that guy. But you know what? At the bridge, we're not trying to point you to Pastor Farrell. Because Pastor Farrell's going to let you down. Pastor Jim's going to let you down. Pastor Andy is going to let you down. Pastor Jared is going to let you down. We're not trying to point you to us. We can't help you, really. We'll love on you, and we'll walk with you, and we'll pray with you. But it's Jesus you need. We want you to find Jesus. As a matter of fact, If a person comes to this church and finds Christ or even hears a word that is like a seed in them that later they find Christ, we don't care whether you decide to come to this church or not. We'd love to have you. You're welcome here. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is that you find him, is that you come to know him. Let's look at that John 3, 16 very quickly. I kind of broke it down and And put some titles with some of the phrases in there. Can we just break that verse down? For God. For God. That's the greatest father. God is the greatest father. I don't know what your experience with your father is. My father was in the early service today, the 3 o'clock service. And it was an honor for me to have him here. And it was an honor uh, for me to know that as I was standing up here preaching, my father was out there who was also a minister. And he was listening to my sermon. And that always touches my heart. And I love my dad a lot. But my dad wasn't perfect. He'd be the first one to tell you. But he was a wonderful dad. But there is a father who loves me. There is a father whose love for me, his perfect love for me, exceeds all other love for me. For God, who is the greatest father. And maybe you had a relationship with your father that wasn't good. And maybe you're kind of messed up because of how you were brought up. That's okay. You have a father in heaven who is perfect. Nicodemus He is saying to him, Nicodemus, he wants to be your father. He longs to be your father. He longs to love you, forgive you, put his arms around you. He longs to guide you. He longs to give you wisdom and direction for your life. Nicodemus, listen, he wants to be your father. And then we go to the next phrase, so love, for God so loved. That's the greatest degree. There's no greater love than the love of God. And the people said... Amen. Nicodemus, there is no greater love you will ever know. No higher level of care you will ever know. No higher level of compassion you will ever experience than the compassion and the love of your creator God. For God so loved the world. The greatest inclusion. How many of y'all are glad God loved the world? Now we knew he loved the Jews. They're his chosen people. But I think most of us aren't Jewish. I would just think. I would just write off the cuff. So if you're not a Jew, what are you? You are a Gentile. How many of y'all are glad God included us in that love? Amen. He included us. We're included. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
I am an Irish. I know I've got an Irish background. My son recently, not too long ago, was in that part of the world, and he's like me. He's white and got the red hair, and I told somebody I won the whitest white man in Wayne County five years in a row. <laughs> he said when he got off the plane, he said he looked down at all those people, and they had red hair, and they were really, really white, and he said, I found my people. I'm so glad that God loves us. He, he said, for God so loved, come on, God so loved the world, everybody, everybody. It includes everybody. Nicodemus, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter who you're not, he loves you. He's offered eternal life as a gift to you. For God so loved the world, what? That he gave, he gave. That is the greatest act that you don't have to pay for this. It's been paid for. You don't, look, how many of y'all plan on getting some presents? Come on, come on, get real. How many of y'all, uh, the kids are like, right on, baby, right on. Because <laughs> to the kids, it's still better to receive than to give, amen? <laughs> amen. So we're gonna get gifts and we're gonna give gifts, but what do you gotta do to get that gift? You gotta reach out there and what? Receive it, take it. That's all you've got to do. Because guess what? It's already been paid for unless your kids borrowed money before Christmas to buy it. <laughs> it's paid for. Listen, this gift of salvation, this gift of knowing that when you leave this world, you're going to heaven. It's a gift, but you have to receive this gift. It is the greatest act. Nicodemus, listen, man, eternal life in heaven is a free gift. All he wants you to do is reach out and receive that gift by faith in him. For God so loved the world he gave. That is the great gift, his only begotten son. That is the great sacrifice not just the great sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice. He gave his son. God the, listen. Do you think it was any easier for God the Father to give his son than it would be for you to give one of your children so other people who are guilty could be saved when your own son, your own child is not guilty? Do you think it's easier for God to do that? No. He gave his son the greatest sacrifice. God the Father gave his only child, turned his back on his only son. The Bible says that, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he did it to provide forgiveness for Pharaoh Hardison, and I need it. Anybody else need some forgiveness? You're the pastor of the bridge. I know, and I need it. I need mercy. I need grace. I need forgiveness. I need patience. I need all of that. And he shows us that through his son. He provided for us a way of escape. A way to escape. And look at the next thing it says. That whosoever. That's the greatest gift. Because not only Nicodemus, no matter who you are, but also Nicodemus, no matter what you've done, the gift of eternal life has been offered to you, no matter what your sin is. Do you hear what I said? Because somebody sitting here needs to hear that. No matter what your sin is, no matter what you've done, no matter what makes you hang your head down, no matter what makes you not be able to look somebody in the eye, no matter what, 
No matter what that thing is that you have got hidden in your past and you don't even like to think about it, you don't like to bring it up, you don't like to even let it cross your mind, but you know it's there and you're so ashamed of that thing. Listen, when you come to Jesus, he washes it away and it's like you never did it. But you gotta come to him. You gotta bow before him. I don't mean that literally. It helps me literally to bow before him, but he wants you to bow in your heart. He wants you to surrender in your heart, whosoever. And then he says, not only whosoever, but whosoever what? Whosoever believes. You have to believe. That's the greatest simplicity. Because you would think it would be more complicated to become a Christian, to become a disciple, is to, is to uh, simply believe. As a matter of fact, simply believing almost becomes a stumbling block because you're like, wait, there's got to be more i got to do. No, it's already been done. He did it on the cross. He did it coming out of the empty tomb. There's nothing more to do. All you have to do is believe. Knowing him, being in a relationship with him is as simple as believing. Now, I don't mean just believing facts about Jesus. I mean believing in what he did for you and embracing what he did for you as your salvation. As, your, as the cleansing of your sin. Whosoever believes, and this is important, in him, and this is where we get narrow-minded, because we live in a culture and we live in a society who says to us, there are many ways to God. That sounds really good, doesn't it? There's only one thing wrong with it. It's not true. And I know that's offensive probably to some people who are here, but Jesus said, he didn't say, I am a way. He didn't say, I am, I am the life, or I am, the, or I am a truth, or a light. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. In Acts 4 and 12, and we're not going to read that, but it says in that verse, there is no other name you can call on to have a relationship with God that gets you into heaven except the name of Jesus. He said it in John 3.16. Anybody here believe John 3.16? He said, whoever believes, come on, in him, in him, the greatest exclusion. In other words, God said all these other ways that tell you they will lead to me as well, we're excluding them. We're including all of you, but we're excluding all of those ways. He said, he is the way. Salvation is only through Jesus. Not in your personal goodness, only in Jesus you experience that second birth. The only begotten, his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him, what does it say then? Should not what? Perish. Listen to me. Let me just be blunt. You do not want to go into eternity without Jesus. You do not want to leave this world without Jesus. He said, if you have me, if you embrace me, if you become one of my disciples, you will not perish. This is the greatest promise. He promises that in him, you will never know death. Now, this physical body will pass, but you will never die, the real you. You guys do know that this physical body is not the real us. I'm 60 years old. I am really happy that this ain't the real me. I'm really glad about that. Amen. He says, should not perish. What does he say then? But have. I love that. That speaks of the certainty. You're going to have it. Farrell Hardison, whatever your name is, 
Believe and receive and you will have. You will, it will be yours, sure and certain. You will have what? What's the last two words in John 3, 16? Eternal life. You'll have it in heaven with God forever. That's the greatest gift. You want to have the best Christmas you've ever had? Then open your life. There's a throne inside of you. And you can put anything on that throne you want to put there. You can put money, power, prestige, position. You can put whatever you want to put there. God lets you do that. That's up to you. But you know who belongs on that throne? Jesus. Your creator, the one who made you, belongs on that throne. I would challenge you today to open yourself to the little baby. You know, the thing I love about God is he is not offended by questions because that's all Nicodemus had was questions. Bring your questions. I love what Jesus said to Pilate when he was standing before Pilate. Pilate was asking Jesus all kinds of questions and Jesus said, Pilate, let me just tell you this. Any man, any woman, any boy or girl who really wants to know me, all they got to do is ask, I'll show them myself. I'll manifest myself to them. What a powerful promise. Let's all say that verse again, together again. For God so loved the world. Good, that whoever believes in him should not perish. That's it, that's it. Now people are gonna hand you gifts tonight and tomorrow, but you don't have to take it. You don't have to take them. God is standing, offering you his son. You don't have to take him, but he's available. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the awesome worship. Thank you for the creativity of the service tonight. Thank you for our worship team and Pastor Jim and all of the people who uh, so intricately were involved in the service tonight. But now, God, it's all about us and you we got to make a decision before we walk out of here. Lord, let us decide to follow you. Lord, let your Spirit speak to us and let your Spirit minister to us that we would make that decision to follow you before we walk out of this building tonight. It isn't enough to know things about you. You want us to embrace you. Father, I pray every man, woman, and boy, and girl will embrace you as Savior and Lord before they leave this house tonight. In Jesus' name, as you're standing and everybody said, amen, let's all stand together and let's worship together.
and mild sleep in heavenly peace sleep in heavenly chapter 5 verse 14 it says you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in that same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven as we sing the last verse, would you guys just hold your candles up all across the building? Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake. At the sign, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Father, we just pray tonight that our lights might shine so that all the people around us in the world would see you and that you might be glorified as we leave this place and we go our different directions God and we spread the good news of your son Jesus Christ and what he has done in our lives sharing our testimony and sharing about how we trust in him and our prayer tonight Lord is that if there's anyone here who does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would give their heart and their life to you before they leave. That would be the greatest gift that they could give their family, they could give themselves, is to put their trust in your son Jesus. 
And we'll have people here available and in the service that would love to talk to you and to lead you in that next step in your walk with Him. So God, as we go out, we pray, Lord, that you would put a fire inside of us to share your truth or that this might be the best Christmas we've ever experienced. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said together,